Hello and welcome to the Casual Anime Podcast Roundtable Discussion, 2nd Edition. And today we're going to discuss the conclusion of Darling in the Franks. Uh, joining me will be my usual co-host, Kashten. And of course, Ian is back from last time. So, uh, in the months past since our last discussion, what have you been up to, Ian? Um, so, been uh, plowing on with uh, both of the podcasts. So, uh, had a few more episodes out of... Uh, Retro Anime Podcast, and we got the second episode out of Retro Mecha Podcast, so I'm in the process of recording new episodes for uh, both of the podcasts at the moment. Uh, watched a ton load of uh, old anime, got into some new stuff, watching um, Banana Fish and um, Planet With at the moment, quite enjoying both of those. So uh, yeah, been uh, quite busy on the old anime front. Yeah, you're going to have to help me here, Christian, because I haven't been paying attention to the current anime at all. Do you have any yeah. idea of these shows? <laughs> I've heard of uh, Banana Fish, but uh, I haven't seen anything yet. It's um, good. Banana Fish is based on an 80s manga, um, and it's kind of like a gangster type thing. And that's been that's been really really interesting. Um, quite sort of uh, sort of controversial subject matter. It's quite violent. Um, so yeah, recommend that definitely. It's added to my ever-growing list, I think. <laughs> uh, so, I so I hope you both came here with an open mind, because I can already feel my thoughts descending into darkness. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, the dust has settled now. The numbers are yeah, in. So yeah. what are we left with? Like, right off the bat, I want to know your scores. And incidentally, if you remember what we scored this at the halfway point. So I think at the halfway point, I think I was leaning about a six. Um and right now having watched all of it and had time to mull over it i think i i'm i'm smack in the middle it's a five it wasn't great um but there were bits that were really good in it which some bits that i really liked as well so it's you know it's a real it's a real mixed bag and for a mixed bag i'm probably gonna have to sort of mark it straight down the middle and give it a five yeah Kashtan. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what I gave it. Uh, probably a seven or around there. Um, the show had some great moments, very great moments, very top highs. Um, but then again, the lows were just the same. Yeah. yeah. So it brought it down yeah. to six. Yeah. Uh, I seem to recall that's where we ended up. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the point is, uh, I would have given it a five if it wasn't for zero two. Yeah, I mean, I was at a four for quite a while, and then I checked my list and saw what else I'd given a four, and I'm like, well, it wasn't really this bad. I think I was just um, so. Uh, it was just uh, the way it uh, was presented to me, watching it week by week and seeing yeah. all those specials and all yeah. of the, the, these things kind of uh, had a very negative impact, so. Yeah, I think I remember that was from... kind of the problem too. It was uh, the way I consumed the media. Yeah, and I think, and I agree. And I think had it, I'd watched it, sort of marathoned it. It might have been a bit different, but I think you had a week's long anticipation to the next episode, and it was like, well, the last episode was a bit naff. Is it going to be any good? Is it going to be any good? Is it going to be any good? Oh, it's another duff effort, you know, bad episode. Or is it going to be any good? Oh, actually, that episode was all right. Or that was okay. You know, and I think that, I think, I think you seem to remember when you, um, you reviewed 
you know each episode uh you know the last few episodes um that one of you i'm sure said it would benefit from a rewatch and actually possibly it might benefit from a rewatch kind of knowing what's coming and maybe not because i think you know because it was a bad episode you kind of lost sight or you know it distracted you from what was going on and i think if you were a bit more prepared for that on a second viewing and therefore you just watched what was going on i think i think it might benefit a little bit from that yeah and when it's a bad episode like a few weeks in a row you're kind of stuck with watching a bad episode on monday and yeah you spend the whole week thinking about a bad episode and then uh, yeah instead of just jumping to the next episode and i don't think a rewatch would suddenly make it for me would take it from a five to an eight but it might bump it up a little bit you know it might get to a six you know i might enjoy it a little bit more um you know because when the series started when we when we talked about you know we got up to episode 14 i think when we did our first round table um and the initial start of darling and the franks uh, had a pretty decent first episode a bit of a crappy second episode then it had this amazing run for four or five episodes um and at that point i was thinking this is going to be like an eight you know this was fantastic and then you know then we went through the roller coaster um and i remember when we when we talked last we said oh we you know where are we now are we going to get another good episode or another bad episode and episode 15 i seem to remember was a was a good episode and then we had episode 16 which was another episode where i think they were in the garden in eden or whatever and basically it's one of those episodes where very little happened Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it, as we said, it just you know constantly built up the tension, built up the energy, and then deflated it. Built it up, then deflated it. Um, and you know, some of the stuff that was in the um, news at the time about the troubles with Trigger and A One Studios, and and the fact that they were making it up as they went along or writing it as they went along, you know, was was really really apparent because um, you know a, a really good example of where it kind of leave, you know, left me exasperated um, was that episode. I can't remember. It was about 18 or 19 or something where the big hand came out of the cavern. Yeah. I think that was it, a little earlier, but I think uh... it was, yeah, I, I seem to remember it was, yeah, maybe 16, 17, you know, it did that and then did nothing with it. The yeah, following never episode. Saw it again. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, it, and it was like, what you've built it up. You've left it on a great cliffhanger. You know, you've, you finally got this thing. You finally got, you know, broken a bit more into the Klaxosaurs and all the rest of it. And you do this amazing thing, and then you do nothing with it. And it was, and it was just like, what? You, did, you know, all these loose ends. You know, again, all this tension that was built up and then just deflated the following episode. It was so frustrating. All this went wasted potential. I mean, yeah. I mean, it starts off as a dystopian future uh, mecha pilot. Uh, academy show yeah. that goes into interdimensional space aliens and it's like uh, well how are we supposed to score a show when it goes from something that is kind of Orwellian and very exciting yes. to basically an unknown entity we're fighting against that's disembodied it's not like <laughs> yeah and certain things just seem to come out of nowhere the verm seem to come out of nowhere um, the the Klaxosaur princess, they were just kind of, they everything felt shoehorned in. Yeah, they were uh, just thrown in there to like uh, make a story, but then not followed up on. And I mean, I've heard a rumor uh, that 
this show was supposed to air in spring and not in winter. And that would maybe excuse some of the issues they were having, but I don't know if it actually would have been. Yeah, I, I, I can't see that, um, you know, if they'd had six more months, it might have meant they were a bit better prepared and maybe not writing it week on week, trying to sort of making it up as they go along. It might have been a bit more coherent. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, we're and definitely... The would... Would... Oh, sorry. And the animation would probably be much better because yeah. some episodes were really terrible. Yeah. It was rough in places. Yeah. We wouldn't get, like, these 10-second shots of the war room when people are talking and then nothing <laughs> is really happening. We just get a still and... <laughs> Then we jump to someone who isn't talking uh, when someone else is talking, and he isn't even reacting to what he's saying. <laughs> and then we might have had every face properly um, drawn, not just blank faces in the, you know, yeah. in the in the distance. <laughs> well, I mean, Trigger has a Patreon now, so uh, I don't know if this was the best uh, advert for their talents. <laughs> no, no. But it's you know, it wasn't much, uh, Patreon, I think. So it's not going towards any show. Well, it's difficult to yeah. say because we don't really know where the money is going, oh. do we? Yeah, because aren't Trigger doing, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, Gridman? They're animating that as well, I think, aren't they? That, that's another, another mecha show that airs, I think it's airing in, in uh, autumn. Yeah, I think uh, I heard something about that. Yeah, I think, I think Trigger are doing that. I mean, the trailer looks quite good for that, but... Having had such a rough time with um, Darling and the Franks, it'd be interesting to see what people people's perceptions are, you know, anticipation of it, because it's like, well, they they kind of screwed up in that on the last Mecha show they did. So, And Gridman looks quite a big property as well. It's getting a lot of, an awful lot of publicity um, and a lot of build-up as well. So, um, yeah, it'd be very, very interesting to see how they do with that. They'll either redeem themselves, um, or if it's terrible, it'll put them out of business. <laughs> so I mean they probably made their money back though so uh, even though they were banned in Possibly, China yeah. uh, I mean Zero Two was breaking the internet at some point so. yeah yeah I mean Zero Two was I mean I agree with you Carsten in that she really was kind of the highlight of the series yeah definitely she was by far the best character the most interesting person on there and I kind of <clears throat> I kind of hoped they would kill someone off <laughs> there were so many characters I didn't like. Yeah, actually, you know, a good point, so, actually. Yeah, Soro Man, uh, Fitoshi, it's uh, basically yeah. the entire supporting <laughs> cast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could have done with killing a few more off towards the end, because um, again, it was, and again, I, I don't know if it was a type. I don't know if it was something because they were struggling to write it by focusing on. Um, uh, Zero Two and uh, I can't even remember his name now. Hero. 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 That's Darling. it. <laughs> Darling. Um, on those last two episodes and sort of taking a bit of a way of the people back on Earth, um, you know, it kind of made it a bit of easier writing. I think you didn't have to write for so much. Probably yeah, gave them an, easy, an easier run towards the end. But I mean, I think they yeah. definitely had problems there too because I think they definitely didn't know how to uh, portray the passage of time i think i mentioned yeah. it earlier with a podcast with Cushion that uh 
there's so much waiting involved in like uh, and so much time passing, but you don't really feel the time passing. No, no. Every time there's like this brooding moment of silent contemplation, an alien attacks or some message yeah. arrives, and then you're just ripped out of it. I don't think uh, the director really knew how how to properly. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, it's I, probably a problem with the storyboards at that point. I guess. Yeah. And again, I read something that they weren't even storyboarding it. They were just literally animating it on the fly, writing it and animating it on the fly, um, which <clears throat> would explain a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, some things... Have you ever seen Gunbuster, the OVA? Because that, that has a lot about time dilation and uh, through space. And that, and that portrays the passing of time really, really well. You know, that's a really good example of it. Um, and as you say, this is a really bad example of how you portray the passing of time. Oh, sorry, I haven't seen it. Uh... Yeah, me neither. Um... Yeah, well worth checking out. Very, very... Um, a a Gainax show. Um, Hideaki uh, Anno directed it. So uh, it's got a... sort of. It's a pre, uh, pre-Evangelion sort of crew thing. So, um, yeah, well worth checking out. Yeah, and I mean, did they just dry up on all the sex jokes after a while, or uh, did you just forget yeah. that they had them? Or I mean, yeah, they kind of just uh, dropped everything. Uh, yeah, they they just didn't know what they. they it, you can imagine them just running around. You know, they get one animated, and they're like, "So what? What happens next, guys?" You can all sat around a table. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, what? You know, and all standing around scratching their heads, drinking coffee at three in the morning, trying to trying to write the next episode because it's got to go to the studio in two days time you know that's kind of <laughs> that's the kind of picture i have of the production team yeah um, and they probably got them, uh, the mecha designs and saw that they had the uh, tits on the robots and then like okay we have to write in some <laughs> sex jokes there okay docking kissing riding uh okay we've run out at this point i think yeah it was very um it was very very strange it was inconsistent um, and the other thing as well was that the, the whole, all the messages in it that could have been quite interesting about, you know, teenage love, puberty, um, you know, sort of sexual awakening and all the rest of it and, and pregnancy. Um, and it was kind of all, it was such a sledgehammer because it felt like, you know, it felt like, you know, whack, you know, uh, lesbian, you know, someone's a lesbian, whack, someone's getting pregnant, whack. You know, it just felt, you know, it was just so heavy-handed in, in portraying its messages um, where it could have been a really, really interesting. Because I think if they got some of the stuff with um, Dr. Franks, you know, because there was that episode which was a massive exposition dump about the whole backstory of why they ended up where they are. I think, again, I, that was sort of, I think, before episode 20. But yeah, it was, was like some flashback, right? The flashback massive episode. flashback episode, yeah. yeah. And that needed to be sort of started to be sewn at about episode six or seven and just kind of drip fed in a little bit more to build it up rather than keeping you in the dark until three quarters of the way through the series. And then like this massive, like, right, now we're going to explain everything to you. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. And as I said, it was, you know, it, the way the verm and everything else just felt sort of, crashed in it I and mean, there was nothing subtle or integrated about any of the story elements um and that's what was disappointing i think there were some really really good bits of the story 
the world building, I think, at the beginning was really interesting. There was some interesting stuff about the Klaxosaurs. Um, you know, that the whole thing about the sort of the Klaxosaurs went one way and then another bit went the other way and ended up in humans. There was some really, really good ideas there. And I think some of the teenage elements that, you know, usual thing, but the way they've had to sort of breed children um, and how they mix in the DNA, you know, there was some, there was some really good ideas. And I, and I, for me, ultimately, it was just a massive waste of potential. Um, you had some really talented people creating it. If you look at the people in there, what they've done before, um, and you know, this what the biggest frustration for me was. This was the first two core mecha show that isn't that as a um, a new property. You know, that isn't something that isn't Gundam or Macross or anything like that. Um, in original IP, two cores, because most Mecha shows recently for the last sort of three or four years have been one core shows. Um, and then they just, you know, sort of piss it up the wall. It's just, and that, that was what the biggest disappointment for me was. Yeah, uh, we're going back to your, uh, the point you made uh, at the start there, that uh, it should have been drip-fed to us earlier. I kind of feel bad for crucifying them for that since I went so ham on them for uh, the first episode when they uh, when they put all in all those uh, proverbs about the bird and yeah the kind yeah. of uh, veiled flashback of them meeting uh, earlier in life and I didn't feel like that worked at all but of course you're right but I don't feel I can go so ham on them because I crucified them yeah, for so trying think... just trying uh, that idea yeah I think they needed to do it but I think they'd left it too long at that point um I mean, there were maybe, I think the first episode would have maybe not felt quite so bad had they done a little bit more of the flashbacking with it. But basically, you got flashbacks in the first episode, and then you got none, nothing again for about 15 episodes. And I think that was the problem. It was, they, they left it all too late to start throwing everything and explaining everything to you at the end of the show. Yeah, uh, I mean,. I was just annoyed about the the typical Asian proverbs that came popping up and yeah, kept yeah. Uh, forcing to us. I mean, <laughs> you can only bathe in the same water once, and then uh, the Jian who needs two to fly, two people to fly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't very subtle, was it? I, I mean, they were. It was an innuendo fest at that point, and then it was <laughs> trying to be deep and intellectual at the same time. It, was, it just didn't work for me. No, and I and I think, yeah, I, I think some of that I was at that point I was it was the first episode and I was kind of like, well, I'll see how they build on it, you know. Um, but uh, they just they they just didn't do it very well. Um, what did you guys think of the ending and how the show actually came to a conclusion? Well, um, we kind of uh, <clears throat> have some uh, mixed views on that because uh, I just I think said they died, uh... but. Uh... Question think it's too harsh. Yeah, <clears throat> I think they were uh, rebirthing or were reborn as yeah. As new yeah. You mean they just transcended uh, like a yeah. concept that has never been seen before was just introduced in the last uh, five minutes just to uh, make me not feel so bad about uh, them going off to uh, fight this unknown entity in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> I mean course. that's. I mean that's kind of how I read it, to be honest. Um, yeah, because I think they're gonna aim for doing a season two. 
if they're if they in the future, at least, because I think that the characters they have some good uh, potential if they get some someone else along with them. I don't think they're gonna wreck uh, the studio's reputation even more by making a season two, but that's just me though. Yeah. Well, I think they could do something with Zero T, but I don't think they could continue the show as is. I mean, I agree with you, Frederick. I think there's a, the studio's taking enough of a hammering over it. Um, but as as you said before, Zero Two is is a hot property. It did sell a lot of merchandise. So, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see something Zero Two based, but not actually a continuation per se. Um, or a continuation, but removing most of the other cast um, and yeah. just sort of really taking Zero Two forward. Yeah, a big spin-off, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. Or maybe an origin story of the Klaxosaur Princess. That might be interesting, because she's basically Zero Two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And the other thing... Fair, they, they, they didn't go so much back on there uh, to see how the Klaxosaurs... Uh, Really was and uh, and what they were doing on the earth before the humans were there and there was only a little bit, hints and glimpses of it. I thought they were gonna go with the dinosaur approach because yeah, they mentioned some, some something about the comet 50 million years ago or something and then they didn't mm. follow up on it. It was like yes, the perfect yes. uh, historical uh, reference yes. and then just yes. left there to dry. I mean. Again, and it's another thing where they, they tease you with something which, a story thread, which could be quite interesting, like we said with the hand, and then just didn't follow up on it. And there's, it, you know, there's repeated examples of that through the through the second half of the show, especially, um, that really just never built on so many good sort of ideas that they could have built on and just didn't. And that, that's what, you know, just to say, it was just so frustrating it could have been a really good series. Yeah. It, you know, maybe another six months. If it had come in the spring rather than the autumn, had six more months, Don and the Franks really, really could have been a good series. But, I mean, you saw what happened to Violet Evergarden. It looks beautiful, but it's not really that good of a yeah. story. So, I mean, I don't think extra time necessarily makes things better, but I, I see how how absolutely rushed they must have been this time. So. Yeah, I think I think if they'd had six months more of planning, and actually could have fleshed out and sort of sewn up all those threads in the story a bit better, and maybe looked at the overall story structure and said, "Oh, we've got all these ideas and how we actually fit that in," rather than making it up as they went along, um, then I think I think you could have had a much. It has the potential to have been fantastic, but um, it, it, you know all the problems were there to see on screen. Yeah, because now we just ended up wasting uh, all of the Nines clones. Just one fight because... Uh, yes, yes. I, I don't exactly. know just why, because they were like the only antagonist early in the... Or like failed antagonist early in the series and then just disappeared. Yeah. And the only thing we got out of it was probably just uh, the technology that uh, they can ride both ways. So now we, thanks to that we probably get Ichigo 0-2 hand time, but I mean... <laughs> that was probably going to be made anyway, so it's like uh, yeah. we have the technology at least. Yeah, and I think I mean at times it was a very very good looking show as well, um, and at times it was a uh, you know a very nasty looking show. So as I mean, there was potential there for it to have been fantastic. 
Yeah, but that's the mecha guy here. Uh, what do you think about uh, the final form? I mean, it just looked like Sekrom from Pokemon, but that's just me though. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit... I was in two minds about the, the, the final form. Um, I uh, Yeah... Like you say, it was a big, big robot with big breasts. Um, it was, you know, even the robot, the robot had, you know, jiggle on it as well. I mean, it's, it was a bit weird. I, I, I wasn't overly taken um, with the, with the final form. I have to say, it was a bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember it. It's so forgettable. Well, it was like. Uh... <laughs> It turned from like uh, this white robot, and then it went to more red in like the fifteenth episode, and then it turned into like Sekrom from Pokemon, and then it turned into Zero Two at the end. I think, I think that was the progression of it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not a Mecha kind of guy, uh, so I, I don't have any big opinions about it. It's it's uh, easy on the eyes, nice to watch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have to say, the, the mecha designs throughout the show, um, I'm not a big um, I'm not a big fan of those sort of clowny sort of mecha designs, really. Um, there was nothing, there were no designs throughout the, the mecha designs that really, uh, you know, I found really, really sort of aesthetically pleasing. Um, they were okay, and they kind of fitted the show, but they're not the kind of mecha designs that... Um, that I really like so throughout the show there was nothing that really um and you know Strelitzia's evolution there was nothing in it that kind of yeah kind of I got worked up about yeah so uh I mean we've alluded to this in earlier podcasts but anyway is this let's talk about if this is kind of like stealing or paying homage to because uh where does that line go because at a point, I feel like they were just taking scenes left and right from like Cowboy Bebop, and they were taking uh, Kitan's death from Gurren Lagan and then just put it in there. I mean, a lot of people that probably made uh, that scene were probably involved in this too, so that's probably okay. But they've taken so yeah. many concepts from other places and just put it into this thing. Uh, is this well, paying okay homage to... or is it stealing? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's okay if you pay homage, but. Uh... Uh, some of these things were just stealing. Yeah, I have to agree. For me, for me, some of this went beyond, um, beyond the meme. beyond homages. They were, I think, yeah, they were running out of ideas. They needed to create ideas to get the thing going, and um, yeah, some of it was just blatant theft. I think. So, do these people have uh, real life counterparts? I mean, uh, I, I saw some echoes of Lenin in. Uh in Papa, but apart from that, I didn't really see anything. No, I, don't I think, think... Uh, the great uh, comrade would uh, object to being called Papa in this situation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, it was that kind of, and it was interesting because he kind of always, in these, some, a lot of these dystopian sort of futures, you always get into this sort of totalitarian sort of, um, structure society structure don't you um it always ends up in you know with one sort of autocratic figure at the top um sort of guiding 
you know, and everyone doing their bidding. Um, you know, democracy soon seems to go out the window when um, the planet turns to shit. You know, so. Uh, I think they should have been more thorough with it. It's like uh, when they go for the mind wipe of uh, Kokoro and uh, is it uh, Zorome? Um, That's it. It's I think a, they need to mind wipe everyone because the concept is out there. I mean, <laughs> it's going to yeah. just be the Strayson effect. If they already, if they try to suppress something, it's going to be uh, even more prevalent. And it's kind of weird that they mind wipe them and, and they don't find out they have, have a baby. Or uh, Kokoro is pregnant. Yeah, see, I find that I found that really strange. Yeah. Because I thought the whole point of them being taken away was that they'd figured out that they were pregnant. Yeah. yeah they got married. The they were pregnant. They were going to remove the baby, and then they could come back with no memory of having got married or having, you know, got pregnant and all the rest of it. But then she's still pregnant, and that just that just did not make sense. It really didn't. That for me was a massive flaw in 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 part of the story. Yes, you wanted to have the baby, but in in how how it was done with you know the secret society and all the government taking them away to sort of um, I mean they're effectively being cleansed so they couldn't carry on and you know carry on sort of polluting you know those children's um, minds um, or corrupting them. So yeah, that didn't that really really didn't work for me. Yeah, and they removed Nana too because uh, she was a bad influence apparently, and they apparently had uh, a lot of Nanas. I don't know yeah. where they came from, or I still don't probably. know if these people were pilots earlier. Uh, they probably said it, but uh, if Apache and Nana were uh, paras- uh, parasites earlier. I seem like... to think it said something, or I don't think it explicitly said that. But I think you were kind of led to believe that they were parasites, and for whatever reason they carried on. Because when didn't Nana go, then go through puberty? Because I think part of the thing with um, the parasites is that you know they're effectively suppressed at being children, aren't they? And they're not allowed to grow old. Um, yeah. And then you know Nana then effectively as an adult went through puberty, which is why she got removed. Um, so I think yeah. Basically, they some of some are allowed. Maybe they survive for whatever reason. They're good pilots or they're good strategists. You know, they're allowed to sort of carry on into adulthood um, and get into those sort of positions. But it yeah, never explicitly so, said so. I mean, the first the partner that zero two or we see that zero two has is an absolute unit, though. He doesn't. He looks like he's gone through puberty, so. <laughs> I don't know where this makes sense and where it doesn't make sense. Uh... No, and I think, again, that's another really good example of just kind of how inconsistent it was with the storytelling. Um, it, some, you know, and things like that almost, it was like they couldn't remember what they'd done for the last episode. Um, I, and I think that's a, another symptom of not, of not having a fully fleshed out storyboard um, plot. And story when you start the series um you know i know know, you know as this stuff's made week on week they get feedback and they'll you know sometimes tune the story depending on the feedback they're getting but they normally know pretty much where it's going to end up and here with this i didn't really i wasn't really sure they they knew where it was going to go so in trying to keep up and keep the momentum going and keep the show coming out every week they were forgetting stuff they'd done i'm sure of it 
yeah, they're probably not the same people uh, uh, having to work on these things from week to week, even. So. Yeah, and when A1 went away, uh, probably someone that had the good influence on there went away too. I mean, I think they just didn't uh, divide the work uh, appropriately or just understaffed and uh, rushed for time. And hopefully yeah, they've but... learned something from this, but uh, I mean, it's, think it's kind of common in anime. It's not like uh, this is uh, well, a new phenomenon. Yeah, no, and it isn't. I mean, it, and even um, during the last uh, anime season, um, Full Metal Panic, Invisible Victory had its fair share of production issues as well. Um, so Darling in the Franks wasn't the only one suffering with it. Because uh, Invisible Victory, they had um, a horrendous um, recap episode at episode eight, which was completely unnecessary. And then you had a, a three, four, five week gap between episode um, 10 and then the final two episodes. So that that had quite significant problems um, as well. And, and again, there were bits of the story there where it just felt like it was going in circles a little bit while they were working out what they were going to do so um you know and you know evangelion his you know had it had its problems you know lots of shows do so um it's, it should hardly be a surprise yeah anyone who's ever seen shirobako knows how worked to the bone these people are it's absolutely uh backbreaking yeah. and i don't think anyone goes into the anime industry to make money because there's i don't think there's very much money to be earned no, unless no. you make a sword art online or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. It's definitely a, um, you know, it's a. Oh, I've lost the word now. It's a labour of love, isn't it? I think going into that, I think it's a it's a life passion thing rather than a, um, you know, a job to go in and make lots of money. Yeah. Uh. So should we talk about some of the characters here uh, and uh, where they started and where they ended up? So uh, I think we are going to start with Hero because I think he was the most uh, boring to begin with and I think he basically stayed boring uh, without yeah. an explanation for why he was boring but I don't think that was very redeeming either way. No, no. And given, such, given he had such a central role in the story, he was just kind of dull, really, really dull. And it blows my mind that every single character is basically hero is their uh, idol. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also so glad that Zero Two calls him darling and not hero because hero is a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone idolized him, and um, he was just such a I don't know. He was so soppy, so he was too soft, really. Um, and that kind of didn't sit right with the environment and with some of the other characters. They were in a really, really harsh environment. Um, and I think being that kind of soft and soft-minded, I just, I don't think re in reality you would have got, you know, they would have survived really. Yeah, they needed uh, kind of like a Goro to maybe step up and do something, but he was like... A glasses intelligent guy so he wasn't gonna do it no but he would have been a good character to have really have kind of been as a, a sort of a more leader leader figure 
Yeah, yeah. and uh, it is him and Hero uh, Ichigo leans on for uh, advice. I don't know who puts her in charge. I mean, I don't think she's best qualified. I think she kind of grows into that role, but uh, it's probably because of her cult. Yeah, it's 15. about uh, the potential, I guess. But it's yeah. like uh, it's like I've uh, said this before. All the war strategies are absolutely terrible. Their intel is terrible. It's like, oh, there's coming a G, a code G Klaxosaur, and then a thousand Klaxosaurs shows up. And like, oh, we didn't predict this. We didn't see this. <laughs> yeah, I, that, you know, and that's where, you know, when I say we talk, you know, stretches plausibility, but, we, you know, we're talking about a cartoon about um, blue uh, dinosaurs and, um, you know, a dystopian world. But, in the plausibility within the story, that just none of it just kind of stacked up. None of it really hung together or hung true within the the framework of the story and the and the world that um, Darlene and Franks exist and all those characters exist in. Yeah, it. You know, it's. You can just pick, can't you? I mean, you can just as you go through it, you just pick and pick and pick. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the ending theme was like uh, the actual real world and everything else was just a simulation because uh, in the ending theme they are in like a real world city that's not been uh, destroyed. Yeah. And I don't know, that's pro that's probably just a... Uh, I don't know if that place even exists. It probably doesn't. It's probably just yeah. some artistic... Um, liberties been taken uh, oh yeah yeah i i expect so um you're probably where you're in when uh when you're in the machines you know the happy machines oh yeah 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 because the other thing i mean building on that actually um you know within the um plantation you know we had that episode where um hero met you know they went inside the plantation and saw the city um and Hero met that woman, and he got this sort of glimpse into what the society they were protecting was like. Uh, and that's a, and you saying that with the with that ending, um, they could have built on that actually a lot more because we we didn't see much of the, the, you know, we had that one glimpse in episode five or six or something like that, um, and they they could have shown a lot more with what um, was going on within the plantations and then society. Yeah. That was a massive miss um, in yeah, my book. Yeah, it kind of showed kind of what they were fighting for, what they were protecting, even though I don't think uh, <laughs> it's uh, in any way moral to push children to the front line to protect uh, no. this uh, protected class of uh, toilet roll uh, hats <laughs> people that's living in uh, cryotanks, but yeah. Yeah, I think they needed to build on that um, a lot more. For me, the um, the be the other best character outside of Zero Two for me was um, um, is it uh, Zeromi, the girl, the girl that was pregnant? Uh, no, Kokoro. Kokoro, sorry. Um, yeah, I think her her story i think you know when they went to that ruin and she found the book and then sort of got this inkling of that you know opened her eyes and that story um 
I feel that was quite in, that whole bit of it, and I think that was quite an interesting thread through the series. Um, and it was kind of how... fun when she uh, cucked uh, Futoshi. He's like, "Yeah, I'll never leave. I, I will never <laughs> <Yeah>. switch partners. <laughs> I would like to switch partners, please." Yeah, <laughs> and I think that bit was quite. I think her story was quite interesting. Um, and I and I quite like the way, and I think you know, and I like the way that actually sowed some seeds with the book. It piqued her interest. It generated a curiosity. The curiosity bubbled away and developed, um, and then actually came into something where she ended up, you know, actually getting pregnant and actually having the baby, and that whole leading on to then the the rebuilding of the earth and people actually having natural births again that bit of it that was one thread out of all the other current character arcs and um that i thought was actually quite good and actually structured in a, a way that actually interested me and actually had me sort of following her story quite intently yeah definitely and uh when we're on the topic of books uh the book that Zero Two has too, it's pretty interesting too. That has a, mm. a fascinating arc actually, because it uh, explains all her in intri intricacies. Why yes. she says Boku, Boku instead of uh, uh, Watashi. And uh, I actually yeah. liked that part, I guess. Yeah, I agree. That, that was another. And I so say, when, when it did it right, it did it really right. And it, you know, and it. It was really interesting and and actually quite fascinating and and really engaged you into the characters, uh, you know what they were about and why they were, you know there were, you know some some really really smart bits like that. Yeah, uh, let's just cover Papa and then I think we have. Uh, I don't think there's enough to talk about when it comes to all these. Uh... Well, Dr. Franks could be uh, oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, talk about Franks, too. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I kind of liked him. First? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I kind of liked him. He, uh, he was kind of a playful little guy in the beginning and uh, got more serious after uh, uh, Yeah. After a while. Uh, you kind of don't know where you have him for the yeah. entire series. You don't yeah. know if he's going to be the final villain or if it's going to be someone else because yeah. he could have been but uh of course he's not yeah i mean he was quite interesting yeah he was quite an interesting character because because the man's a monster effectively um you know the way he sort of pushed the children through and forced them through but yeah you know he's one of those things he ended up kind of partly redeeming himself towards the end um as often some of these monsters are portrayed. So he was quite interesting because he was, like I say, quite playful at the beginning. But then as as the war went on and things got more serious, he, um, he became more, you know, a much sort of darker character. Yeah. Yeah, but he was like, uh, he didn't want to sacrifice his uh, humanity for uh, immortality or something like that. And he's like... No. Uh, he was just a young guy at the start who was a genius, and yes. then his uh, wife died. Yeah, he just stuck to his what he believed was right and tried to uh, 
work for the greater good, but I yeah, mean, that was a that's always but gonna again, go bad. I mean, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions, I guess. Yeah, and but that again is a character lifted straight from Evangelion. I mean, that's Gendo Akari all over, isn't it? Yeah, started off as a nice guy, genius, married, lost his wife, and then you know was horrible to kids and but did it all with the thinking he was doing it for the greater good of um, mankind so his his story almost completely echoed Gendo Akari's really and, so it was... uh, I kind of had like this uh, sick uh... I thought it was so sick that he had cloned himself to uh, match up with Zero Two I don't know if he actually did that if Hero was uh, a clone of him <laughs> I don't think he was, but uh, I don't remember if that's even said. But that that was something he would probably could have done. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <sighs> yeah. So what about the disembodied face in the sky that <laughs> tells us that he's going to steal our uh, weapons and uh, he's going to come back for us and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's difficult to know where it, where that, where it goes from here, doesn't it? I mean, it's left all that stuff sort of hanging, doesn't it? So, um... yeah, they're not the anti-spiral because uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think uh... I think they basically just are a shadow organization, and yeah. uh, we're not really meant to know anything about them. But there should have been a. A more pronounced villain because this isn't interesting at all. No, I agree, and and I think that, um, and I think with like stories like Evangelion, where actually you've got the angels um, as a antagonist, but you know people like Ikari and Sile, um are, you know, as they are the true antagonists through it, and I think it was trying to do that, but just not being successful at it at all. And like you say, there was no real true antagonist. Um, it was, you know, it was kind of it could. It was a little bit of um, Verm. It was a little bit of um, Doctor Franks. It was a little bit of the government. You know, it was never. There was never really any true. The Nines were a bit antagonistic, but not the true antagonist. So, yeah, it was, and that I think didn't help with the story structure. You know, there wasn't really fighting against any one thing um, which is why I think it, yeah, it was a bit messy yeah everything was messy so uh... yeah well yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oof, ah, so uh, I, I'm kind of out of topics at this point but there's yeah. lots more to talk about so uh, anyone have, has any does anyone have anything they want to discuss I mean, one thing I just say going back to the ending, I just I, the the ending was just a bit anticlimactic. Um, I thought it I thought it limped out the last ten minutes of the show, kind of just limped out, um, and it didn't really, kind of, you know, it wasn't there was no really big conclusion, no real big final. I mean, there was a final battle, but it it wasn't really engrossing and it, it wasn't very exciting. And yeah, it was no um, like, attention for them losing, I think. No, no. And it, and, and again, I, then the last 10 minutes just limped out, limped along. And then it just kind of 
spotted out and that was the end of the series so it was a very very poor conclusion yeah it was just uh zero two and uh hero uh going off to space and everyone else standing in the holding hands around the statue of zero two like yeah okay yeah it just i guess you're helping but you're not helping at all no that's what i mean it just whimpered out it didn't it didn't really feel like it came to a conclusion um and that's where you know Carsten talking about uh, you know you're talking about a second series i mean it it did it left it so open to do something yeah potentially um but my other problem with with the ending i think i was so sort of let down and have had so little expectation or or any interest really by the time it got to the end that when it just went down it was just like oh well it's finished thank god for that you know and and that was a bit of a shame, I think, for uh, um, having invested in 24 episodes of a show for it, you know, just to have, I felt kind of nothing at the end of it, um, you know, other than, you know, thank God it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Well, the Klaxosaurs, I think the idea, you know, the, the Klaxosaurs, you know, this sort of alternate history, I thought was generally quite a good idea i thought there was something that they could have built on on that um you know there was quite a few just like the environmental uh thing miyazaki always does it's like uh, yeah yeah (laughs) we need to preserve the environment well this was kind of invent uh inventable no environmental (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah um you know the planet's been destroyed everything is dried up uh, old houses left uh, standing and uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and you're pulling the, the energy out of the planet. Yeah, and I think that story, that that concept of you know of how they're sort of overmining and over consuming the energy um, out of the planet, and it was causing you know large sort of um, areas of desert, and you know sort of reducing the quality of the land. Um, forcing them into the plantations and everything that um, you know that there was some really good parts of that story there were some really good ideas in that um, and I really the, some of that you know would get me really interested in the story again um, yeah, so, there, yeah there was glimpses I, of brilliance definitely there was absolutely like, yeah. yeah and like I say that run, at the, that run at the beginning you know with the, the fight against the Klaxosaurs was absolutely fantastic um, and there was, and they just needed to to bring all those ideas together and actually put a proper story around it. Um, but yeah, the, the the whole backstory I thought was actually a really good backstory. Um, it came a bit late, as I've said before, um, and should have been a bit better developed. But um, yeah, there was some real there was some real genius in there. Yeah, so uh, for the future, uh, if Trigger is going to make something like this ever again, I think... Uh, I, I won't uh, watch it until uh, it's ended. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I have I to say, say, I agree. I agree. I, you know, if there were was a follow-up to this or a second series, I would certainly just wait until it's finished and see it, and then maybe marathon it. Um, yeah, I, would be, I wouldn't go rushing into a, a, a follow-up to this at all. Yeah, so no, none of us are going to pledge $5 on Patreon, right? So... <laughs> no, no. 
But um, Gridman, that'll be interesting to see what Trigger do with Gridman when it airs. Because um, that, that, I think, will... If they stuff that up, I think that would, could be very, very harmful to uh, to the studio. Yeah, I think they have plenty of things lined up, don't they? Yeah, yeah like Gridman. But, but Gridman's the, the ne- is a mecha show, so... Um, you know, in terms of doing more mecha, I think it's... And I'll say it's a big property, so... Um, They'll have a lot of pressure on them for that. Uh, well, I guess it's only a Gainax property, but aren't they bringing back uh, Fude Kune as well? That's already... Well, the first part of that's already out, isn't it? Um, oh. Yeah. That's already aired. The, uh, six the episodes. Six episodes, yeah. Because there were two follow-ups. When there's two follow-up OVAs, and the, I'm sure there are no... Six episodes has already gone. I don't know if the second bit's gone yet, or that comes next year. But that's got quite good reception. Um, yeah, I think they just need to return to their roots and then <laughs> take it from there. Yeah, I agree. Because um, you know, uh, Little Witch Academia, I, you know that the original OVA of that, I, I really, really liked. I think the problem is it was on Netflix, so not a lot of people paid attention to it. No. Yeah, the, the original pilot film for that was fantastic. So, you know, and, and and on the back of that pilot film, you know, I did want to watch um, the uh, the series. So, I mean, definitely a bunch of talented people. I think maybe they just got to pick, pick their properties. You know, as you say, stick to what they're good at. That sort of fantasy slice of life thing. Yeah, and stick to their art style too, because I think yes. they slicked it down a little for uh, for Dolly yeah, and Frank. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they're masters of like this minimalistic. Uh, they can look make minimalistic animation fight scenes look absolutely fantastic, and you just mm-hmm. think, well, you, we don't need uh, all of these bones uh, lines of. Yeah. Uh, lines of movement yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, so uh it's been uh it's been an hour about so uh any final thoughts no nothing much i for, like i said earlier for, it was just it was just disappointing you know loads of potential 24 episodes to do something a bit more special and grow the story a bit more and they just they just squandered it, um, and that was the, you know, and it doesn't. The thing is, you know, Mecca, you know, it's you know, it's not what it was twenty years ago. Um, I wouldn't even say call most... us the Mecca show, like no, <laughs> or it has Mecca it wasn't, elements, it but it's like it uh... has Mecca elements, but <laughs> yeah, it kind of was a Mecca show. Um, you know, fundamentally, they did fight. Um, but it just it just doesn't feel like it's doing the cause um, any favours. So, you know, it was a bit of a mess. There yeah, was a it was just uh, Strelizia powering up in these fights and then just wrecking everyone. Instead of, uh, you just see, uh, for example, in Iron Blood the Orphans, uh, that uh, the pilots are crying because they're doing their best, uh, but there's not it's not actually working. And, uh, yeah. It's massive space uh, battles where people are dying. Yeah, so. I just think in this day and age, I just don't think it does the genre any good, to be honest. 
it doesn't it doesn't help get more um, sort of original mecha shows produced because they're yeah. fairly far and few between at the moment. So I say I'm Gridman. I'm I'm I've got a lot of anticipation for that. It's going to be very interesting. I've got, so I've got high hopes, but we'll. Um... And it's kind of sad that they didn't uh, explore the humanity of Zero Two anymore. They just went with the uh, kill uh, kill all the Klaxosaurs and you become human. Mm. And then suddenly they just explained in the final episodes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of avenues they could have gone down to make this so much better. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So that, and I think that's where I, I stick, you know, I say it's a middling show. There was just bits in it that could have been really good. There, was, there were bits of it that were really good. There were some really good ideas. Um, but it just it just didn't capitalize on them at all. So, um, there, you know, if I'd hated it all the way through, then I could have easily have given this a, uh, you know, a really low score, a, a two or a three. But there were there was enough in it that really, really I I did really like. So, yeah, that, I'm 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 in I'm in the middle road with it completely. Yeah, I think uh, that's a wrap. So uh, yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, links you want to plug, Ian? Yeah, so you can find um, my podcast, Retro Anime Podcast, on Twitter at Retro Anime. You can find the Mecha Podcast at Retro Mecha. Uh, you can find my website, RetroAnimePodcast.com, and I have a blog for the Mecha Podcast, which is RetroMechaPodcast.wordpress.com. So uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Definitely check that out. Um, as for us, Karsten, do you remember? Yeah, you can find us at uh, SoundCloud on uh, the Casual Anime Podcast and Twitter, Casual Anime Pod. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We don't use uh, Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have a Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it was a pleasure it's having. It's becoming you. a class old joke. Yeah. So. yeah. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah. yeah, great talking to you guys again. Yeah, it's good good to um, actually sort of conclude that discussion that we started uh, started earlier. Okay, with that, I think uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.